0: My name is Randy. I'm one of the elders here at Doxa. Um, I'm supposed to give an announcement here to make sure that you guys switch over to the new giving platform. Do that. I just wanted, but I feel like we need to do something else before we move on. Um, When Grace shared that about people who feel that they are, wow, you guys are far from me today. Why is that so? Wow, I feel so alone up here. All of a sudden, is it normally that far back? Wow. Hey, guys. You can't get that far away from me. I'll be right in with you. Um, if, if what Grace shared about feeling like a disappointment, if that rings true with you, and I think there's probably a lot of people in this room that, that touches at some extent, that you feel that you are a disappointment, that you've disappointed yourself, your family, uh, the Father, God, that you've not lived up to your potential, that you have not done what you should have done, and you carry around with you uh, not just sorrow, but shame. And you, you know that it affects everything that you do. You know that it, it, it poisons even what's good in life. And That whenever you sit around the table with family and friends, and it should be a time of, of rejoicing, you're just over, overwhelmed with darkness because you feel like, like you've disappointed them and God, and that you're not worthy. That's really not worthy. I just want you to hear this morning that the gospel says that you, even though you're far worse off than you ever thought that you were, that in Christ you're far more loved than you ever dared to dream. That the cross, the truth of the cross, the truth of the incarnation that we're about to celebrate in Christmas, the truth of Christ's sacrifice, the truth that the Father sent him is the truth and proof that you are not a disappointment. He doesn't love you because of the cross. He doesn't love you because of what you could have done or should do one day. He loves you because he set his love upon you. You are lovable not because you are worthy, not because of what you've done. You are lovable because he has placed value upon you. That's the Father's heart for you. Some of you have done things, have had experienced things that you know you cannot go back and change. And that hangs over you like a lead weight always pulling you down. And I want you to know that Christ the father does not look at you and say oh man one day they're going to be able to take that thing off or man i wish they hadn't done that thing they really messed everything up going forward the father looks at you with love and he doesn't just look at you with love but he has reached out to you in Christ and in the holy spirit if you are a believer is come to dwell in you, and if you're not a believer, he is knocking at the door of your heart saying, if you would simply, simply see that I love you, and I have made a way for you, you do not have to be clothed or weighed down with shame and regret, you are not a disappointment, I will come in, and I will fill you with my spirit. And he is present with us, through his body, the believers. And so this part might make you a little bit uncomfortable. I'm not going to make it too weird, but I just wonder if, if you're sitting beside somebody, if you would just, in a non-creepy way, just put your hand on their shoulder. And if some, you're sitting alone, maybe you can find somebody who's alone and, and just put your hand on their shoulder and I'm going to pray and I want you to feel that person touching your shoulder as a, as a sign, as a picture That the Father is reaching out and touching you. And he loves you. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I thank you for your great, great love towards us. God, you know us. You know the things that we have done. You know the things that have been done to us. God, we feel marred. We feel shame. We feel we're constantly disappointing ourselves and others and you. And there's no way to undo that. And so it keeps on pulling us down further and further. God, I thank you that your great love covers our shame. Your cross covers our, the disappointments that you don't love us because of what we have could do or have done. You haven't thrown us away because of what we have done and what has been done to us. But you pour your great love out upon us. God, would you cause by your Spirit, by the truth of your gospel? each person here to be aware, fresh, that they are deeply, deeply loved by you. That you look upon us with your smiling face. God, we need you to change our our hearts and our minds, the way we think about ourselves and you, God, would you come in a miraculous way and do that here today? Would you do that right now? Oh, Saint, if you only knew his love for you. If you only knew his love for you would cast out every fear, it would blow away all sense of shame and disappointment. Oh, may he breathe that into your soul right now. Do it, Lord, we pray in the name of Christ, amen. Paul prayed that the believers in Ephesus would know the length and width and height and depth of the Father's love for them. That's my prayer for you. That's what we need. Holy Spirit, do your work this morning. If you want to change what I have planned here, Lord, I pray that you would do so. Redirect us. but God, show us your great love. Overwhelm us with your presence. You're beautiful beyond description. Your love knows no bounds and knows no end. It it has no borders. Your love is a flood. We fight it so hard. We push back against it so hard because we're we're so afraid of that kind of love. It 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 discombobulates us it throws us off it it's a fearful kind of love to be loved that deeply to be known that fully for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I want you to hear that this morning. For God so loved the world. That God so loved you. He's almighty God. We start with that for God that's where Christianity begins it begins with God and what we confess when we say God we're saying that he is the one and only true God and by being the one and only true God it means that he is both all knowing and all-powerful and when we say that God That God, the all-knowing God, so loved the world, you know what that means? It means that he, God, knew everything about you before he even flung the universe into existence. He knew every thought that you would think. Aren't you so glad that we don't see that for each other? Aren't you so glad that we don't walk around with a little screen on our head, explaining every single thought that we have about each other and about the world and every single impulse, every single, every single thing that happens to run through our head, every single temptation, every single urge, every single secret fear. But we say God, for God so loved the world, we're saying God knows and knew all of that about every single one of us. Most of you, most of us in this room, have lived long enough to have some really deep regrets. Decisions that we made that led to other things that have marred us and messed us up. They haunt us, they're either open wounds or scars open wounds. I'm afraid I can never, I can never be healed. This, this thing that I have done, this thing that I, decisions I made that set something in motion or this thing that was done to me, it's an open, it's an open wound. I feel like I'm walking around and I'm bleeding out. My life force is constantly bleeding out. I'm not a whole person. I'm, I'm walking with a limp. I'm broken inside. I'm marred. And I feel like everybody can see it about me. And I spend so much of my energy trying to keep it in, trying to hide it. Like, like me up here whenever I'm 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 sweating. I'm trying to keep you guys from seeing. I'm sweating in my pits, like, so I hold my arms like this. We all are constantly walking around trying to hide things about ourselves, afraid of our wounds and the decisions that we have made. And what tortures us about it is we can't go back and undo it. Isn't that what's so torturous about it? I made this decision, I can't go back and undo it no matter how hard I tried, whether it was one second ago, five minutes ago, or 50 years ago, I can't go back and change it. If I knew what would happen, I would. If I knew how that would domino from there, I would. We are wounded, walking around with wounds, and we're walking around with scars. It heals, but it never fully heals. A scar is a mark of something that's happened to us before. It's a constant reminder to us and someone else that something happened. You have a scar on your chest, you take your shirt off at of the beach. All, I don't want to do but but take your shirt off the beach and people see it and they're like, oh, what happened there? It's a reminder. It might be, oh, you look different than me. Where are you from? where's your wife what oh that's the car you drive in some sort of statement something that reminds us of the scars and and here's what we're saying when we say god so loved the world we're saying god knows and knew all of our wounds all of our scars all the decisions that would lead to those wounds and lead to those scars. He knew it all. He knows it all. All of your secret, dirty thoughts all the things that you have peeked at and looked at, all the sin that you have entertained, all the places that you have gone that no one else knows about, all the secret rendezvous, all the, the secret sin, all that you keep hidden, all the things that have been done to you that you feel so shameful about that are wounds or scars on you. He knows every single one of those. But God, so, that's a, that's a, that's a word of measurement. God so loved the world. John, in this account, in, in chapter three of, of chapter of, of uh, the Gospel of John, he, he can't wait to describe this. He's talking about this interaction that Jesus is having. He's talking about, you, you must be born again, and then he can't wait to get into to say, because this is why God so, he wants to tell you, so loved the world. I want to tell you how how much God loved this is this is John who had seen Jesus in his preaching ministry he 'd seen Jesus in his miracles he 'd seen Jesus stand in front of crowds and say a hard saying and and everybody leaves and his own disciples don 't understand and Peter calls him out and Uh, and and, and then he's betrayed by one of his own. He sees Jesus tortured and, and smitten. He sees Jesus wrongfully accused and he keeps his mouth shut. Didn't defend himself. Willingly like a lamb goes to the slaughter, he saw Jesus, his Lord, his master, he saw them and he wants you to know, this is how much God loves the world. This is the measurement that Jesus, God's son was sent, was not just sent, but given. He, he didn't just send Jesus on like, like we were some sort of project or a mission for God. Well, oh man, my, this is a mission of creating the universe and we put this earth here and these human beings and man, they, they messed it up. What are we going to do with this mess that we made? Well, they made I guess, uh, I guess we're gonna do something. Jesus, you wanna go down there and down the cross and take care of it and so some of them will get all right and maybe we can kind of try to tidy up some of this mess they've made. God so loved the world that he gave He didn't just send. He gave. Because at the core of God's love is grace. I love Megan. And when I tell her, I love her. I tell her things about her that I really like. Because you guys have seen her. I married up. She looks like. I look like I'm my age and she looks like she's much younger. We are the same age. as going to let you guys know. I tell her, oh, you're beautiful. You're smart. I could tell her all about this. You're a great mom. You're all these things. I'm just giving her what is due. Those are things that are true about her. God so loved the world. God so loved you and me that he gave to those who didn't deserve his love. That's grace. That's what turns love, like the love that Megan and I have for each other, which is beautiful, the love I have for my kids, which is beautiful. It's what turns that kind of love on its head because it is a gracious love. It's what turns God's love from just something Beautiful, like Megan and I, to something that's amazing. For God, so this is how much I want you to see. This is how much the Father wants you to see. This is how much He loves you. That you were wounded and scarred with self inflicted wounds and self inflicted scars. And he's so loved that he gave. Grace. Undeserved. It, it, that kind of love, you know what it does? It lifts us up, but it also lifts up God. Because when the object of love is not deserving on their own, we're running around, lying, cheating, stealing, killing, abusing. What kind of track record do we have? Would you look down from heaven and say, that's something that's worth... Preserving That's something worth saving. That's something worth going after. But God is so great and his love is so magnanimous. It is so explosive and powerful. and so beyond comprehension. God so loved the world that he gave to those who don't deserve. You know what will finally change you? You will finally help you get over that hump of that besetting sin? You know what will finally help you shake that shame and shake that guilt? You know what will finally help you? It won't be your own effort. It won't be you deciding, hey, I'm going to be better. I'm going to pull it together. I'm going to get some therapy. They'll get therapy. I'm going to get some counseling. They'll get counseling. And I'm going to finally be able to, to work through some things and get past this. That won't be what do. That does it. It won't be your work, your effort, your goodness, because God loves us when we're unlovable. You know what will get you over the hump? If you can comprehend. But we can't do it on our own. That's why Paul had to pray for it. I can read you the scriptures, you can put them up on your bathroom mirror, you can put them up on your refrigerator, you can memorize them backwards and forwards for, for about God's love for you, but it has to be by the Spirit of God speaking and breathing to your heart to let you know and taste and experience God, the length and width and height and depth of God's love for you. God so loved the world. People would put it on placards and, and banners that. And, baseball games and people have memorized it. Anybody who's memorized a single line of scripture have memorized that verse. But unless God breathes it to your soul and lets you taste of his goodness and his love, you will not understand it because you and I cannot comprehend a love that gives and gives and gives and gives and gives and and never expects in return. That's what God does. God delights in loving over and over and over again, pouring it upon those who do not deserve it, who have no merit for it, who have no track record, who have no claim upon it, but pours it over and over and over again and saying, I love you so much. This is how much that I would give. I would give over And over again, not looking for or expecting anything in return because you know what? What what can we give back to God in return anyway? What What do you give somebody for Christmas that has everything? What do you give God back in return? He created and owns everything. You can't, you can only receive. See, that's the, that's a sticker for us. You can only receive it. God loves you so much that he gave. And that means you have to receive it. And most of us, we want our lover, our husband, our wife, our friends tell us how great we are. We want to deserve their love and affection. And so we're constantly before God, whether we realize it or not, trying to cover the wound, hide the scar, put ourselves together, compose ourselves, work, earn, do better, be stronger, I'm going to finally pull it all together, hold it all together like, like me carrying a load of laundry. You know how you always try to do it at one, one load into or out of, into the washing machine or out of the dryer? I only need one time. And you carry it, right? and you got it, you got it right, this, and you're carrying it, and you're walking, and then, oh no, that, that sock fell. And so this, like the, like, the scoot down. You guys ever done this before? Come oh, on, you guys have done this. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. Like you pick up the stock and you're like, alright, I'll stick it here. Then and then take a few more steps and it's always underwear. It's underwear. <laughs> we live life like that. I'm gonna finally hold it together this time. I've got it. I've got it because God, I I know you gave, but I want to be able to, to earn it a little bit, but I'm. Mm. I'm always dropping it behind me. I can't ever hold it together. But we illogically just double down on holding it together, don't we? Does that bring us closer to God? It drives us further away. Because what we're saying when we do that is I know you gave. But I'll get it. I got this one. I can make it. I think I can pick up the sock and make it to the couch and leave the clothes there and not not fold them. I'm just trying to get them there. I think I can get it there this time. And that brings in our own soul, not on God's part, that brings in our own soul a distance from him a doubt, I've got it, because I want to bring something to the table. Because our root sin as human beings, for all the sins that we have, the individual sins that we have, our root sin is I want to be God. God doesn't receive, God gives. And I wanna be the one who gives and doesn't receive. God is worthy to be celebrated and loved for his inherent nature and character. And I wanna be celebrated and loved for my inherent nature and character. All the while ignoring that anything that I am or have came from his hand. God so, so loved you. God so loved you that he gave. And he gives, and gives, and gives. The picture of so many of us is him at the door of our heart, of our lives bringing all that He has to us. Knocking at that door and us saying, I'm cleaning up, I'll let you in in a minute. You can't come in and see my unvacuumed living room. You can't come in and see the pile of laundry. You can't come in and see the grime that's in my bathroom. You can't come in and see what I have hidden in my medicine cabinet. You can't see what I just had on my phone. I got to clear my history. I got to clean all this stuff up. I got to before I let you in. And he's saying, "I knew all that already. I am God." That's why I'm here. I'm not here so you let me into your clean life. I'm here for the mess. That's what I'm here for. And this is how much he loves you, that he gave his only son. He couldn't give anything dearer or greater. Jesus, we're told, is the image of the invisible God. God took his image, second person, eternally begotten Son of God, and he gave. Not just send him, but he gave. To take your sin, to take your shame, to take your wounds. He was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. To take your scars put your finger in my scar he bears your wounds he bears your scar and he gives you in return he gives his life his righteousness his love his mercy his grace his joy His peace, His wholeness, for our brokenness. He didn't just cover our brokenness with His wholeness. He took our brokenness so He could give us His wholeness. And right now, this is how so much He loves you. He is scarred and wounded sitting at the right hand of the Father. Say, Father, they're wounded and broken. They're sinful and willfully wicked. But remember, I took it. So when you look at them, see me. And God's smiling face looks upon those who are covered by Christ. Again, he doesn't love you because of the cross. The cross exists because he loves you. See how the order of that verse went? God so loved the world that he gave. His love for you preexisted. You're coming to him. He gave his only son that, what would happen? That whoever would uh, put the recurring gift on subsplash, those who would stop looking at those sites that you keep being drawn to, Those who stop backbiting and talking bad about people. Those who finally, finally in 2024 read through the Bible and make it past January 12th. Third. So that those people will finally get their act together. He so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe. That's it. Simply believe. How do you receive God's love? By believing. You receive God's love by believing that he is who he says he is. That Christ is who he says he was that he took your sin and shame, that he was given for you. And you believe and trust in him. And in believing and trusting him, you turn away from everything else. You turn away from ruling your own life, running your own world, being the center of attention. You simply open your hands and receive what is being freely given to you. That whoever believes in him would have, you guys know the verse, eternal or everlasting life. You know what that means? I don't know what you picture when I say that. I'll be honest. I grew up in church. I still kind of picture chubby angels and clouds and harps. This is kind of sort of the first thing that runs in my head. I know that's not it, but it's still a little bit that runs in my head. You know what eternal life is? Picture in your best dreams, the ones that their best dreams, the ones that you don't Remember when you wake up, but you're like, oh man, that was a really good dream. And I would like to go back to sleep and go back to that. That, to the nth degree, is what eternal life is. It's the life that you're longing for. The kind of life you're wishing you could finally achieve. Being a Christian is coming to understand it's not a life I achieve, it's a life that's given to me. And this is eternal life to know the one and only true God. And to begin to experience and taste here on earth the joy and freedom that undeserved love has poured out upon you in Christ. And a trusting that the Father who sent His one and only true Son, the Son who willingly came, and the Holy Spirit who raised Him from the dead, is going to give you everything that you need to live the life that He made you for. And that that life is not confined to what you and I will achieve or do on this, here, on this earth. But I will be a continual, you will be a continual recipient given over and over and over again by the almighty creator God, his love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. And that forever before the throne of God, the lamb who was slain with his wounds and his scars will be a reminder of how great he loves us. How do you respond to that kind of love? My first hope is that you know that love. If you're here today, and you're not a believer in Christ. I hope you've heard what I've said. Nothing that you have done or haven't done would stop you from coming to him today. In fact, it is only by accepting all the things that you have done and bringing all that to him with open hands and saying, I need you to cover all of that that you enter in eternal life. Don't resist him today. Today, Sunday before Thanksgiving of 2023, to be the day that you step from living your life for yourself to receiving eternal life for all the ages to come from the God who gave because he loves you. And, Christian, how is God calling you to respond to that kind of love? What's God trying to speak to you? What what part of your past and your history, your, your shame, or where you are today, what is he dealing with where he's saying, I want you to know this is how much I love you. I want you to know a little bit more the length and width and height and depth of my love for you. It knows no bounds. I want you to experience that today. I'm going to pray and we're going to sing and we're going to respond to that great love by coming forward and receiving the the physical tokens of that love. His body that was broken, he gave his body. His blood that was shed, he gave his blood because he was receiving our wounds and our scars. And as we take that bread and that juice into our body, we're being reminded that we are, because of his word, because of his spirit, we are one with him and believer. Hear this, nothing, 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 nothing can separate you from the love of God. nothing the decision you made this morning the decision you're gonna make when you leave here cannot separate you from the love of God we are continually recipients of his great love to us in Christ father remind us of that this morning showcase to us your amazing love God make it real to our hearts Make it real to the hearts of each, of each person who is here. Make, make real your love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray.